Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver. And I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. Today, I'm hanging out with Ben Aston, who is a digital project manager and online entrepreneur. He's the founder of Black and White Zebra, an India media company on a mission to help people and organizations succeed. He's also the founder of the largest and fastest growing communities for digital project managers called the digitalprojectmanager.com with over 500,000 visits per month and 4,000 members. He is a Prince 2 practitioner, certified scrum master with more than 15 years of project management and PMO leadership. Ben, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me. So I am probably the world's worst project manager. (laughs) And I feel like I'm having a conversation with what might be the world's best project manager. You've worked with companies like Wonderman, DDB, Honda, Unilever, Sony, and so many more. What makes you such an awesome project manager? Oh man, yeah. I don't know if I'm the world's greatest project manager But maybe it's because I've realized that I wasn't the world's greatest project manager that I took um, learning and developing quite seriously. But I think when I'm thinking about what makes a good project manager, fundamentally, I think it's about really good communication. And I think being the hub of a project uh, really relies on communication, communicating with stakeholders, communicating with your team, communicating with your boss at the heart of what communication does is it, it really greases the wheel of a project and make things makes things move smoothly. So maybe I'm a good communicator, but that's certainly what I see as being a, a probably the most important skill for someone who's a project manager. It's getting people on the same page and keeping them on the same page. I, I feel like in the agency space, good project managers, great project managers are in low supply. And maybe because everybody's trying to be a project manager versus what you just said, which I think is really important, is that you actually should be a much better communicator. And that maybe is the heart of of the issue. Why why does the world seem like it doesn't have enough project managers or enough of that component in the agencies out there in the world? Yeah, I think all too often project management is, particularly in a small agency, is something that um, starts off with being done on the side. Maybe it's the CEO who does it. And they're the ones who take a take a project from new business through to delivery. Uh, and while you're small and you, you know, you've got five people, that works fine. Um, and then I, th- I think what happens is that project management gets thrust upon someone else. Maybe it's even the kind of office admin assistant get, becomes the de facto project manager. And I think maybe not enough attention gets paid to this role, which I think is a very strategic role. I think it can help in uh, set the course of a project, um, make sure that the, the project is delivering value. And if it's delivering value, then we get repeat business from our clients. 
So I think it's something that people often fall into or that isn't really perhaps given the visibility or the importance that it should be. And because of that, I think we end up with bad project managers, people who haven't been trained appropriately, people who are just thrust into the role. And so that's why I'm passionate about helping people, helping project managers, people who lead projects who might not even be called project managers, helping those people get skilled, get connected and get confident about leading projects. You mentioned the the office admin. Maybe it's just even the accidental project manager. Maybe it's yeah. the, the web designer or whatever on the project that's kind of having to, to, to spearhead this. Earlier, you also mentioned that maybe you felt like you weren't a great project manager and then you went and did a lot of training and kind of skilling up in this area. What are some of the things that somebody that maybe isn't officially called a project manager, but in their business, their actual, uh, the work that they do day to day involves a lot of project management. Maybe they're spending a lot of time in Asana or teamwork or Basecamp. You know, they're in these tools that are project management tools, hoping that they'll do the project management for them. But what are some of the things that the skills that maybe they should be working on besides just broadly communication? Yeah, I think it, it begins with understanding the project lifecycle and and what happens, how we how a project actually delivers value. And we, when we're managing a project, we're kind of identifying the constraints we're working within and we're trying to deliver some value at the end of the project is what makes the project worth doing in the first place. And when we're thinking about delivering value, I think so much... Or so often we get kind of drawn into deliverables and drawn into this conversation about, okay, what are you getting for how much money? And, you know, how long is it going to take? When it, what are the milestones? And we become very transactional about the work. Um, so I think having this more nuanced understanding of, you know, project management being a strategic endeavor in which we do something that delivers value is, is super important. So, in order to make that happen, I think it starts with a really good understanding of how to kick off a project properly, um, how to initiate it, how to go through project discovery, and understand what the project is really about and the why behind these requests to you know, refresh the website, trying to understand why we're doing that, how we can deliver value, and how we can do that in such a way that we are going to deliver the anticipated value, I think is super important. So the project initiation stage, the project planning, when we look at those constraints and work out how we can deliver something of value within those constraints, I think is something that often gets bypassed and we just jump, jump straight into delivery. What are we going to do? When are we going to do it by, okay, let's go. Um, so I think it's that strategic upfront work that I think is pivotal really for to get right in order for the project to be a success. Uh, and if we can kind of help project managers think about that more or at least consider that upfront planning and initiation, then I think we get um, have a much better chance of delivering success and also keeping the project on track. Uh, because I think so often we, we all know we get scope creep, you know, things go wrong. And I think it's all too often it's simply because the project wasn't planned properly in the first place. You mentioned those two words, scope creep. Yeah, I was wondering how long in the episode it was going to take us to get to those words. I, I They were on the top of my list. Like we were going to hit those words hard because... I just, you know, I mean, I spend every day, all day talking to agency owners and talking to them about their problems. And it's pretty rare that I have a day that goes by that somebody doesn't say, you know, my projects are going over budget. I mean, I, it's so rare that I hear like, oh, wow, I, you know, we completed this project in half the time we thought it was. Right? It's like, it's never that. It's 90% is this took a lot longer than we thought it was going to take, maybe because the client asked for more as things kind of went or maybe they underestimated things. But uh, with with what you're saying, 
I mean, how do you approach scope creep? If is is by the time you're experiencing it, is it kind of too late because you've missed out on this project planning strategy work, and now you're having to deal with the consequences of that? Or how do you deal with scope creep? Yeah, I, I mean, I think let's let's say that you're already in it, and yeah, the the client is requesting additional things. So yeah, I think at that point it is it is late in the game to be talking about it. I think when we can upfront define things, and I think that's why a statement of work is super useful. If we're working on a fixed budget, a fixed timeline engagement, having a really clear statement of work that is identifying what exactly is going to be delivered, I think is super handy because then we can go back to them and say, well, let's just go back to the contract or the statement of work. And I just want to clarify here, this is what we meant. And I think even if we're already midway through the project, it's not too late to clarify again to a client. And we've probably got to this point because we haven't defined things clearly upfront. Maybe in the estimate, there was a line item that said, you know, uh, page refresh. And we didn't identify exactly what we meant by that. We had one understanding, they had another. So I always say, it's never too late to clarify. And it's never too late to say to the client, hey, well, uh, this is what we meant when we said, page refresh. Uh, We meant actually we were going to redesign four widgets. Uh, We meant that uh, you were going to get two rounds of design immense, which you've already had. And so sure, we can do this, uh, but why don't we do it in the next phase? Or why don't uh, we issue a change request right now? And you you can pay for it now and we can add it into the existing scope that we have. But I think so often we get into these scope creep discussions uh, yeah, when we haven't planned it properly, but also when we haven't managed and controlled the project properly and we haven't communicated clearly. So the fact that the client, it gets to the point where a client thinks they haven't got something that they should have got means that we haven't communicated clearly with them what we were delivering as we were creating it. We weren't managing their expectations. And so I think it's never too late uh, to try and manage a client's expectations, you know, it's just it's just adding in that little sentence. Hey, just a heads up, we're going to prevent, uh, you know, present the final designs tomorrow. This obviously is the last round of uh, design events that we're doing in this in this project. Of course, we can do some more in the next rounds, but I just want to, you know, clarify and manage your expectations that this is, you know, this is kind of where it ends. That's all that the budget allows for, and I think. Speaking in those terms, talking about this is what the project allows for or the budget allows us to do, uh, trans- transfers the, the conversation between an argument between you know us and them versus, well, this is what the project is. The project has a budget, has these constraints, and we're just working within them. So that's how, that's how I treat that, that scope creep conversation. So one of the things that I'm taking away from today is it's about communication and calling out a client that they are that they've run out of budget that this is the end of the road i i mean i know personally i mean i know it's 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 one of those things that it sounds so simple when you say it and you say it really well but it's not easy to check a client and to insert that friction into the project where maybe the client's going to view the agency as nickeling and diming them you know, yeah. not being cool, like, oh, we did bring this up in some such and such meeting. It's just not in the scope of work. I mean, it, it can create conflict. And even if it doesn't create conflict, I think for a lot of agency owners, it creates, you know, tension they will create tension, but they imagine that it creates conflict. Therefore, yeah. they try to avoid the conversation at all costs. And they just say, you know, it's like, it's like, is it easier for me just to put my head down and do this extra two hours of work? 
because I know what that feels like. I'm just going to work a little harder. I'll work tonight. I'll work the weekend. Or am I going to have a really uncomfortable conversation for the next 15 minutes that might mean the client gets mad at me? And I think a lot of people choose the two hours of work. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's fine to to accept the, the two hours work. I think what I would say is that let's attribute that two hours to an internal change request where and and I, and have an internal authorization. So we're saying, okay, well, we're going to do two hours extra work on this. We're investing in this client and in this project. Let's keep a track of that. So next time it happens, um, we you know we're aware of how much we've already invested. And if we if you were to do that, I would say to the client, hey, do you know what? This is this is not in scope. And um, but you know what? I you know I want you to be happy. We want you to you know to be delivering you guys value. We're going to take the hit on this. Um, so we've got two hours or tell them it's four hours work when, when all said and done and you know, we're going to, we're going to take a hit on this. I just wanted to let you know, because if you come back to us again on this refresh and the, and the amends, I will definitely need to issue a change request, but we we can, uh, we're going to take a hit on this. And so I think even if you are going to take a hit on it, communicating to the client and letting them know that you're compromising, um, I think is, is better than they're not saying anything and just doing the work. But I think you talk about how, yeah, you know, managers or CEOs can think, hey, do you know what? This just isn't worth a conflict. I'm I'm so worried about keeping my clients happy. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. I think the danger is if we don't engage in these difficult conversations, we train our clients that it's it's okay to change their mind about things. Uh, we train them that they can have whatever they want. We train them that they can add extra things in and it doesn't have any impact. Uh, so we're constantly training them. Every time we respond to them, we're training them one way or the other. And so, so that's why I think project management isn't just something you kind of turn on and off on a project. We initiate it and we plan it properly to begin with. And then we need to make sure that we're managing and controlling throughout that life cycle of the project to ensure that everybody is kept on the same page. And this isn't a surprise that we suddenly turn around and say, this is going to be a change request, or this is what you're talking about is scope creep. Because we've been talking to them about this week in, week in, day in, day out. And we have this transparent dialogue uh, where we're totally truthful about the risks. We're transparent about how much time we're spending on things. And it's an ongoing dialogue. It's not something that we just kind of go away, do some work, and then come back with the big reveal um, a couple of weeks later. So again, it comes back to that communication. And I think if we can keep it as an ongoing dialogue, it makes these conversations much easier to have. Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that is fast to set up and delivers my clients' websites with the speed the internet demands. If you're looking for a new CMS, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme set up valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. In the agency space, there are a plethora of project management tools. Yeah. Whether we're talking about Teamwork, Basecamp, Asana, Trello, I mean, Podio, uh, I don't know. I feel like every Affinity Live, I mean, there's so many tools to manage the work that we do for our clients. And and part of my 
hypothesis of why there are so many is because so many agency owners would rather a tool manage the project than a person. And they sign up for these tools thinking like, okay, I'm using you know Trello right now, but it's not working, so I'll use some other thing. And then they go and they use that other thing. And then, of course, what happens like three months later, like the shininess wears off and they realize like they still have to manage the project. Like the tool isn't going to manage the project for them, but they think that it's going to. And I think that we put a lot of hope in the next shiny tool is going to just do the work for me. So as somebody like yourself who's gone through the courses, who's done the certifications, who has an entire website dedicated to this, I mean, how do you give advice for people in terms of how they should use PM tools inside of their business, how they should invite their clients to interact with those PM tools in a way that works and what kind of things should they be considering? Yeah, I think project management tools, yeah, uh, can be, um, can look like a silver bullet. And I think they, they really are. And I think starting with the requirements, I think it's a useful thing to do. So, and also not, yeah, not jumping ship straight away. So I think often it can be tempting to acquire a new tool uh, because it offers a piece of functionality and then we realize it doesn't do something else. So I would say start with your requirements. Think about, you know, where is the functionality gap that you don't have in your existing tools? And then I would try uh, trialing a few different project management tools, running a project through each of them. Uh, and actually testing the workflow before transitioning lock, stock, and barrel into a, a new project management tool. So assess assess your needs, work out what the requirements are, trial some tools, test some projects out in those tools before you try transitioning everything over. And different project management tools kind of have different philosophies around how you run a project. Something like Clarison has a you know a workflow defined that that you build out right and you manage all your projects in exactly the same way. It might well be the case, though, that you need something a bit more fast, loose, and flexible, like monday.com. So I think it's worth thinking about how you work as an agency. Do you do all your projects the same kind of thing? You're doing website redesign after website redesign, or you're doing some strategy over here and some UX research over there, and therefore your process and your workflow is different. And so therefore thinking about how your project management tool fits into that workflow and process, I think is super important. But again, it it starts with identifying your needs and the gap and then finding the tools that match that rather than looking at the tools out there and thinking they look cool. Let's try them out. Or or worse, you have some pain with one of your tools you're using right now. You see that some other tool actually does, you know, solve that one thing well, and you forget about all the other things that you needed. Yeah. You're like, ah, oh, look at this new thing. Like, we're going to switch all of our clients over to it. And then, you know, two years later, you've got like four systems simultaneously running with, you know, a percentage of your clients in each of them. Yeah. <laughs> so you, for, for our client, for our audience to uh, kind of get, get caught up on your story. So you ran an agency or not ran, you were a part of an agency for, for, for quite a while and you decided to kind of leave agency life. Talk to me about your experience in the, in the agency space a little bit. Yeah, so um, in, in 2018, I, I kind of realized I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And that was after, um, yeah, a, a career of working in agencies and I started out as an account manager at an above-the-line agency. So working with TV, Radio Press, I was working on the Stella Artois account, actually, which is kind of cool. I went to Wonderman, was working on the Land Rover account. I worked at Dare. 
uh, on the Sony account. Anyway, so I spent my career in agencies, in digital, in above the line agencies, in digital agencies in the UK and, and Canada. And um, yeah, worked my way up to heading up a project management team. Um, I was actually VP of client services and then actually transitioned over to business development. So I was working for a digital agency here in uh, Vancouver in Canada. But I realized that I'd, you know, I'd been flying around. I spent most, most weeks flying around somewhere in North America and I was just on the road the whole time. I was, I was, uh, getting really, really burnt out and yeah, it was, it was kind of tough. So the burnout made you say, I don't want this anymore. I want to go do something else. Yeah, I think, I mean, it, there was a combination of factors. I think I'd recently been diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. I had a son who was born with a congenital heart defect. And I think I realized that uh, although on the surface things uh, were going pretty well, I had a very senior position. I was, you know, one of the VPs. I was a shareholder within within the agency I was working. But actually, it was kind of sucking the life out of me. And although I had a, you know, it was well paid, it was a stable job. The agency was doing super well. We actually grew from a $7 million agency to a $15 million agency a year over the course of the five years that I was there. So we we doubled in size, but it had taken a really yeah, big toll on my personal health and well-being. So the digitalprojectmanager.com is just one project that you work on. So you founded a company and now you kind of walk us through what you do now. Yeah, so it was actually back in 2011 that, uh, so nearly 10 years ago, that I started the Digital Project Manager. And the Digital Project Manager, the goal of that actually was just to help share some of the knowledge that I had acquired from working in digital agencies and it was always a side hustle for me. So I've been working on it since 2011 and publishing posts and getting generating some very small amount of money uh, from the website. And yeah, over the course of the past eight, nine years or so, it has grown and to become a really powerful, useful, uh, and a really fast-growing resource for digital project managers. And I realized that, uh, hey, this is actually what I want to do. To me, this feels a lot more meaningful, building something um, that I care about, building something that I can see directly helps people. And the website and the community has has developed. So we now have an online course uh, where we teach people over seven weeks how to manage digital projects. We have a membership, which is full of resources to help people with their personal growth and development. And I realized, actually, do you know what? This is something that I really care about because when I started out as a digital project manager on my first day where I was told, hey, manage this project and realized I didn't really know what I was doing, I was pretty stuck. There wasn't really anywhere to go. The digital project management world is fast and loose. It is, it is the Wild West. And much of that kind of classic project management theory doesn't work so well. So uh, I wanted something that was more like a playbook, a, a resource that people could dive into and and we could learn together. We could we could become better people at managing projects together. And the digital project manager was the platform that I created to to enable that. Very cool. Well, Ben, I think you're covering a topic that many of our audience sh- you know should be if they're not already looking more into. And it sounds like you have some awesome content 
to share with people that goes way deeper than what we talked about in today's episode. But at the very least, I think if an agency owner is out there listening to this show and they have a team member who's maybe not called a project manager, but is doing project management, or maybe they have a PM, a part-time or full-time, I think finding resources to help them level up their communication skills and their project management skills and also connect with other people that are doing this kind of work will be fantastic for their career growth and also for the agency's growth. So I think what you're doing, Ben, is absolutely fantastic. And I appreciate you sharing some of your nuggets with us today. Are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received? Um, I think it's don't be precious. Don't don't worry about what other people think and and don't hold your own thoughts and ideas too lightly because other people probably have better ones than you. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Uh, I think I would say I'm pretty relentless. Um, I'm an initiator. And uh, I think those, those two attributes are, are kind of what drives me. Uh, I love starting things and kind of relentless in, in seeing them happen and, and follow them through. So yeah, relentless initiator is kind of how I describe myself. Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? We recently started using something called Big Marker. And if you are uh, doing webinars, which lots of people are at the moment, um, I'd highly recommend Big Marker. They have lots of cool tools. Uh, it's much better than Zoom. If you've got experience using Zoom for webinars, Big Market is a whole lot better. So it's worth checking out a, a tool that's got more features that work really well with webinars. Check that out. In what book would you recommend and why? Uh, I, yeah, I read, earlier this year, I read I read The One Thing. It's a book by Gary uh, Keller and Jay Papasan. And uh, it's all about focusing on less things, doing less. And in fact, just doing just doing one thing. And they, they talk about the impact of the one thing. And if, if there was just one thing that you could do that was have, uh, that by doing it makes everything else uh, redundant or unnecessary, then you should do that. And I think so often our... Uh, focus, particularly as agency leaders, is split across different things. We have different initiatives we're doing. And this really helped me think through just simplifying and focusing on the things that have the biggest impact. I think we all know about the Eisenhower matrix and, and how it's important to do important things, not just urgent things. But how about you just do one thing and focus on that and, and see that through? And that can have a massive impact. Well, we will link out to the one thing on our show notes page, as well as Big Marker in your website, thedigitalprojectmanager.com at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Ben, how can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yeah, you can head to benaston.com. Uh, but yeah, also you can find out uh, what I'm doing at thedigitalprojectmanager.com and blackandwhitezebra.com. Awesome. Well, we will add those links as well to our show notes page, Big Marker, the book, the digital project manager, your website, blackandwhitezebra.com and try to collect even some of your social stuff. So if you are a fan of what Ben has been talking about today and you want to find out more information about him, check out our show notes page. You're going to find all that information. So if you're on a run out on the road, like me on a bike, yougurus.com slash podcast. If you're listening to a week of, you'll see Ben's picture right up there at the top. Click on that guy. And you're going to find lots of cool notes, takeaways, and nuggets from today's show. 
Ben, thank you for stopping by the program today. Super educational. Love this topic because it's definitely a weakness for me. So I love learning about it. I know our audience does as well. So thanks for coming by today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. Brent Weaver.